You're tuned in to Forked Podcast. This week, we're talking to Luca Santolucia, 20-year-old bodybuilder and athlete with massive vision and mindset for success. I was just so depleted and tired and exhausted. I remember that feeling where I was just hopeless. I put it all on the line. I, I wanted to quit so bad. You know, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with the process, but I was done. Hi, I'm Sean Chris Lewis, and welcome to Fort Podcast. Today, I am here with the one and only the beast, actually the gentle beast. His name is Luca Santolucia. Um, and I got to say, I've been looking forward to this podcast. He's coming off a big high right now, and you're going to hear all about what's going down with this cat. So, uh, Luca, welcome to Fort Podcast. What's up, Sean? I'm so pumped to be here, man. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, I know you have, man. When we talked at the gym about doing it, you were like, you were fired up. You said, yeah, let's do this. And uh, listen, I got this bracelet on, you know, uh, win the day. Yes, sir. Team Santa Lucia. Yes, sir. And uh, tell me a little bit about this bracelet. What inspired that? All right, definitely. Okay, well, I'll start off by saying it was completely impulsive, okay? Yeah. So I always had the idea, you know, like maybe I'll get some t-shirts made, maybe uh, maybe some hoodies, but the reality of it was when I was on prep, I was borderline brain dead, no carbs, didn't have the energy to really sit down with a graphic designer, and it's something I really wanted to do. So it's up in the air, so expect it. It will be coming in the future. I'm off prep, so expect a t-shirt coming out soon. So I was kind of just doing my cardio like every other morning, and uh, I actually thought about it. I was like, you know what? I want a band to go with my, uh, my Apple Watch right now. And I walked into Sport Expert and I was just looking for those Lift Strong Nike bands. They looked at me like, what are you talking about? Like that, that's been out of the picture for years now, you know? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own. <laughs> Within three minutes on my drive home, I found the website, the first link that I found. And I just went, let's go. Team Santa Lucia. And I literally wrote on my chalkboard when the first day of my prep, win the day okay because when i when i first started where where's your chalkboard in my room okay so right next to my bedroom i have this huge chalkboard maybe like seven eight feet tall and i just write down a bunch of stuff on it anything that's important to me i just jot it down every morning you know and the first thing i wrote when i started my prep was win the day let's go preps uh i think it was about 17 weeks this time around and you're like where do you start you know you're thinking of the end goal how do, you, how do you look your best? You just got to start by winning the day, day by day. If you go in every day, you have a fighting chance at winning the war, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, everything that you're saying right now, we, we know that that is one of the keys to success, right? Writing down your goals. Yeah. That's something I'm just reading a book presently. And uh, number one on the list was write down your goals. You're more likely to hit your targets if they're written down. So tell me about that chalkboard, man. That's, that sounds super interesting. Do you do this with other aspects of your life? Yeah, well, absolutely. Even in my other preps, it was actually whiteboards and everything. Like uh, I had just renovated my room, but I, I've always like had papers lying around, uh, whiteboards, even like I have little cupboards that in my room that I actually like painted with like chalkboard paint and stuff too. And I just write everything. You know, it's like motivation when I wake up, reminders. And I'm like, I'm someone I don't like spreading myself wide. You know, I'm someone I like reading a lot into these things and stuff too. I'm super passionate about people like that are good at anything. 
like if a girl likes playing the violin and like I get the goosebumps playing it, like I'm about it, you know, like a tennis player, it could be an artist, it could be a ballet. Like if you're passionate about it, I'm about it, you know, like, but I was always intrigued as to why are these people the way they are? Yeah. What makes them so good? How can I be like that? And I always had that far since I was younger, like really emotional towards it. You know, I was like, I I couldn't understand why. Yeah. You know, I I feel your energy, man, across the table, like, because since your your competition this past weekend which we're going to talk about right now um you your energy is just through the roof man like uh you would think that after the training and the 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 nutritional restrictions going up to the the event and you'd think that you'd just be like hitting a wall right now but you're not hitting a wall in fact i think you're prepping into something else right now anyways i won't speak for you so tell me about this weekend uh, this weekend coming past up right weekend. now. The past weekend coming yeah, up. Man. All right, so basically, like, this is actually something I've experienced with all my shows, really. You know, like, prep gets really rough, man. It gets really dark. You got to pretty much feel the worst you've ever felt to look the best you've ever looked before, and I truly believe that, you know. That last two to four weeks of prep, if you don't feel like you want to die at every second of the day, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's the truth, you know, like... My ears block just walking around because your body fat's so low. I think I burnt the fat under my feet because I measured myself and I was like the first time I measured myself under 5'8". Sorry, ladies, I'm a little short. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't, I'm, no, I'm short. Dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm the short guy. And it's, it's just painful, man. You know, it's like it could be plus 40 outside. It's minus 30 in my head. You know, the sun's out. I had my North Face on, like sleeping, you know, yeah. <laughs> Uggs out in the, in the sun, you know. But, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm looking at you and I'm feeling I'm feeling like I'm sweating here because <laughs> I just did a hit class downtown, bolted over here to do the podcast. You come running in. You're coming in from the gym. And uh, this room is stinking hot because uh i can't have the ambient sound of the air conditioning (laughs) so we're both like boiling in here guys so if you see us sweating it's like we we're not nervous man we're just we're just hot (laughs) absolutely not for sure for sure so yeah back to where i was coming from with that so that's the whole aspect like that's the the dark side of it but then once i get into like my peak week that's when everybody's still dying but that's when i realized you know the work's done man like i just gotta stick to the plan right now i'm a robot at this point I'm riding a wave, you know, the job's done and I'm proud. And that's what I love about bodybuilding. You show up the day before a show, you go to a registration and you could see in people's faces, you could see fear when people, when you have a, when you got a glaze on, you got the lights on you, you could tell who cheated on their diet and who did it. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, win or lose, I'm somebody who's super competitive, but there's something about this sport that I, I will never be, never be disappointed with an outcome because I know I'll never step on stage knowing I didn't give 110, you know? Yeah. And I get to eat cake after regardless. <laughs> I saw the calories, man, going down after that show. Oh, like you ate nuts. like a week's worth of calories in a couple nuts. of hours. I absolutely don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, man, t- tell me about your placings in that competition. You, uh, you did extremely well. Yes, uh, super fair in all. Uh, in the junior bodybuilding, I'd finished first, which I was super proud. And I'd finished second in my other two categories, which was middleweight bodybuilding and uh, classic physique as well, you know, in the middleweight bodybuilding, uh, yeah, honestly, the placings were super fair, it was a 45-year-old man, you know, muscle maturity, he looked incredible, you know, he had been competing since he was 19 as well, so much respect for him, we were talking backstage too, and uh, 
he had some really nice things to say, man. He was like, you have a bright future, kid, man. Just stick to it. Uh, I was I was still on cloud nine from that. You know, definitely not disappointed by those second places. Yeah, no. Second <laughs> place, come on. You're competing a, across a broad spectrum of people. Yeah. Um, congratulations, Luca. Honestly, it's, it's tremendous. But And you had just mentioned that as a kid that you were you were pretty active and you were pretty competitive as well. And um, tell me a little bit about your, your past and leading up to, you know, who you've become today. Yeah, definitely. So honestly, as far as I can remember, I've always been active. You know, I was skating at two, playing hockey at three, you know, playing competitive soccer as well. So basically my whole life, I was always playing sports. Even in school, if I could hop on a freaking badminton team, I was there. I was about it. I just like competing and I love training. You know, it's always been a part of my life. Um, training as well. You know, it also comes from my parents. Definitely. You know, my mom was an aerobics instructor instructor growing up. My dad's nickname was the beast. Growing up, I think he was like benching two plates at 12. I called you the beast to start off the <laughs> it's, podcast. It's crazy. I came from somewhere, you know, <laughs> yeah. from, definitely. He plays a huge role in it too, you know, and I can't see my life without it. Even after bodybuilding, I could honestly say like, like my goal is to run Ironman. If I ever have kids and stuff like that, like Ironman marathon, like this is what I do. Like I love fitness. It's not even just about muscles. It's like, I just like pushing myself every day. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd mentioned to me that when you were younger, you actually had a heart condition. Yes. Um, actually, when I started the last year, I was playing hockey, you know, um, I'd started like I was pushing myself. I was training and then I started feeling uh, like a little off, you know, like I started like, getting palpitations when I was training and there was no like correlation between episodes, you know, like I was somebody like I like stimulants as well, like pre-workouts. I like taking a bit of caffeine. I like getting amped up. I like getting in it, getting hot and sweaty. But there was, it wasn't that I, I would take them. They would still happen and I would take them and I was good. And I was like, and I was like, so, so that's not the problem. You know, then uh, long story short, once uh, I was actually going to the children's hospital, being followed up for, uh, for, for years, actually for a couple of years, I did all the tests multiple times and they didn't find anything. I did the stress test. I think I almost broke the record there. They were like, yeah, you don't have a problem, man. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So I was like, I guess I don't have a problem. So, but then after it was eating at me, I was eating at me because I'm somebody who was highly competitive and I knew I wasn't at my hundred percent, you know? So then one night I had went out, I had went out downtown with my friends, had a couple of drinks and stuff like that. We we're just dancing around, having a good time. And a buddy of mine, he was bigger. He was like uh, over 200 pounds for sure, you know? And uh, again, just for fun, like I just picked him up and I tossed him as a joke. It was something like that. And I had triggered a palpitation. I was like, Ooh, this doesn't feel too good. You know, didn't say anything. Didn't want to be that guy. Didn't want to make a scene. So I just took a step out. Luckily I was just sitting there and there was an ambulance just parked in the, uh, in the alley right next to it. I literally just walked up to it casually. I knocked on the window. I was like, yo guys, what's up? My chest isn't feeling too good. You guys just like checking my heart rate out right now. Like see what's going on. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Come in. Okay, check it out. My resting heart rate was 260. So they're like, wait, what the hell is going on right now? And just so people understand, <laughs> about 60 beats per minute yeah. is pretty much the norm. Yeah. 260 beats a minute. Yes, absolutely. So basically, and at that time there, they look at me and they're like, okay, so what drugs did you take? What are you on? This and that. I was like, absolutely nothing. How, how old were you at the time? Uh, how old was I then? I think I was like 17, 17 years old, if I'm not mistaken. 
And yeah, so there was absolutely no stimulants that I had taken that day, no steroids, nothing like that. So I, was, I looked at them and was like, yeah, nothing. Well, they said, you got to stop lying to us or you have a serious problem, you know? <laughs> so they're like, well, if this doesn't stop in a few minutes, like you're dead, you know? For some reason, I was like pretty chilled out about it. I don't know why. Because you were 17. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, I was just like, well, rip, you know? <laughs> So they brought me to the hospital and they're like, they did a, a few tests and it was the first time at least they were able to get it on record. Like from all the times I was at the children and stuff like that, you know, and actually I remember exactly, I had just turned, it was the month I had just turned 18. So okay. my files had just got in, I was able to uh, transfer them to the Institute of Cardiology as well. So uh, luckily I went there, uh, they transferred my files over and I met with a, an amazing doctor, Dr. Rival, she was from France. And uh, she realized I was, I'm an 18 year old kid and I wasn't going to stop training, you know, yeah. <laughs> regardless of what was going on. So she sat me down with my parents and she said, okay, well, there's serious, there's a serious issue going on here right now. So we're going to hospitalize you for three days and we're going to do every single test in the book until we come to the bottom of this, you know? So we're going to do your stress test again. We're going to go do the, the EKGs again, you know, and if we don't find it, we're going to do a straight catheter ablation, go in through the legs and, and find out what's going on, you know? So that's what they ended up doing, you know, so they put me under, uh, basically what the, the procedure was supposed to be an hour. It took six. So they were able to find it. Um, they ejected me with adrenaline and I think my heart rate shot up to like 310 within right away. So they had put me out and they were able to find that I had irregular heart cells in like my left ventricle and stuff. And apparently there was a new robot that had just coming out that thank God with, for technology, you know? So they were, they were trying to figure out, okay, are we going to burn or are we going to freeze these cells that we have, you know? And it wasn't a sure thing. My mom was freaking out, you know, this whole time. Yeah. 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 Um, so then after I, I still remember waking up um, and, and I, I'm looking, I'm all like confused, you know? And I just asked, I was like, so I'm like, am I fixed? Like, is this, am I good to go right now? You know? Can I go train? Can I go train? You know? <laughs> and they're like, yo, you're all good. I, it legit felt like a pound of like a 10 pounds fell off my back. It was like my life started all over again. You know, it was crazy. I still remember that feeling. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, okay. So you're, that's, it's all fixed at that point. Could you get back to, to how long did you have to recover from that? All right. So this is the crazy thing where a lot of people don't believe me. Okay. Within seven days, I was hitting PRs in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> PRs. What's like, a PR? It's so like a, a personal record. It's like personal so record, the, folks. The, the doctor was like, he said, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> I had gotten internal bleeding in my leg and stuff right after the procedure. It wasn't a big deal. It hurt a bit, but it was okay. But he said, you know what? As long as the, everything healed, like the stitching heals up and whatnot, you're ready to go. You know? So he said, just try to take a week off, you know, then get back in it slowly. I felt amazing. On cloud nine, because my life just started all over again, and I was I ran with it since. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a great story. Dude. And my mom, she's gonna kill me when I say this too. She, my first question to the doctor was, "So can I take pre workout again?" Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was a kid, man. Like I, I would take even protein when I was like twenty years old. Our parents were like, "What is what is that? You're not taking that stuff." It was just protein, yeah. but like I. That still is a stigma, right? There's for still sure. this, it's chemical, it's bad for you, it's dangerous, <laughs> it's steroids, it's whatever, yeah. you know, and it's just the pre-workout. But in fairness to parents, they just, they just love you. And absolutely. I, and I see you are, your parents are a huge influence for you. Oh, absolutely. They're everything, honestly. 
it's they play a huge role in my life like i wouldn't be able to do half what i do without them that's for sure yeah. so you um you mentioned that your mom was in is in fitness and your father is is your father also still active in fitness as well yeah, so basically, they're like uh, they run like ten to eighteen kilometers a day still, like to this day, you know. So <laughs> you're like, you know, you're capping up a lot of the most important stuff here. One, you're writing down your goals, you're checking them out daily. You have people, you know, they always say we're the sum of the five people that we hang around with, and you know, let's face it, we hang around with our parents quite a lot yeah. when, we're, when we're your age. Yeah, and um, how old are you, by the way? 20 20 that's yes. it so you know your parents are a huge influence so you gotta you're writing down your goals you're around people who are just like pushing you i think that's important right like sure. i you were training with jesse yesterday yes definitely. jesse out there call shout out to jesse yes yeah and you guys were like hitting it and if you gotta really be around people who have similar goals definitely right absolutely that's that's actually something where I I always called it preps a life detox, man. Because <laughs> preps a life detox. Because explain whatever, that a bit. Because whatever's not meant to be won't be there at the end of it. That's for sure, man. I take it so seriously. It's a little crazy to be honest with you. People don't believe me the extremes that I take it to be at my best when it comes to showing up to a show. So just to be clear with yes. people, what is prep exactly? Absolutely. So a preparation, like, so a prep for a show is a time frame, depending on what type of shape you are going into it, will decipher how long you have to prep for a show for. Typically, I like going a bit on the longer side, just so it's a bit of a smoother run, even though it never ends up feeling that smooth. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And basically oh, within that time frame, you're just going at a hundred percent every day. And I never slip once until show day. That's a hundred percent. Like I've People don't believe me when I say this as well, but I don't miss one gram on any meal ever, ever. Oh, I see you. I see you with your scissors cutting up your food. Yeah. And like, you're, I think I'm pretty disciplined, but you make me look like a joke, <laughs> man. I, uh, you know, while you're talking about the lead up to the show and, and you laughed about, you know, even though it's not always, it's not smooth. It, it's not smooth. And I think one of the, it's a great thing about you, Luca, is that you, you make it look like there's no problem with life. You know, you're, you're, you're a great guy and you, you certainly don't project any negativity. You're super positive, but tell us like, it's got to, you know, tell us a little bit about like forked is really, we're, we're, we're acknowledging that in life, you know, we, we hit these forks in the road and we, we, life's not always so easy to manage. And what, like as a bodybuilder, as a professional athlete, what what do you have to give up to get what you've got? Like the honest answer to that is literally whatever it takes, because every prep is different. A life will throw anything and anything at you, you know, when you're when you're chasing your goals. And this prep was a disaster, honestly. Like it was a, a shit show, but I never slipped once. I could proudly say that but uh a disaster how yeah definitely um like the curveballs were on another level that's for sure you know like i went into it where it was my fault i knew where this is something i want to do with my life you know mm -hmm. so i went in with the most extreme mentality somebody can have where it was don't talk to me don't bother me i'm on a mission i'm getting that's serious <laughs> i'm getting this done don't ask me to come to your cousins brothers sisters dinner don't ask me to go to my mom's this don't ask you no 
I'm getting it done. You know what? <laughs> you know, man, you laugh and I get why you're laughing. But in that, man, it's like if people aren't into that, into those kinds of goals. I, listen, if somebody's going to med school or law school and they're digging it out and they're there, don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't call me. Don't ask me to go to the bar. Mm-hmm. I am studying. Yes. Okay. But, you know, why doesn't that apply when I want to go to competition as a bodybuilder? I'm a professional athlete. This is important to me. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me to go to my sister's wedding, whatever. I'm in prep mode. Now, obviously, that creates a disconnect with people. You must have, you know, how, how do you hold down relationships? And well, the biggest thing is that bodybuilding is a purpose driven lifestyle and it's the only sport on the planet where you have to get something done legit 24 seven every hour of the day. There is not, I will never discredit another sport, but if you're not training, you're eating. If you're not eating, you're cooking. If you're not cooking, you're sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you're getting a rehab. If you're not rehab, you're posing. If you're not posing, there is always something to do. And if there's not something to do, you better go to bed and rest because if you're, if you could get more rest in, that's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's true because not every sport has a, the nutrition is important for energy, but we've read many times when the, in the Olympics, the athletes are hitting the McDonald's or something like that. So we know that there are certain sports that don't, necessarily require such strict nutritional practices right absolutely and it's like even when i'm hitting a workout even if that workout was only an hour and a half or an hour and a bit or something like that like you better believe that that 90 minutes before i'm my head's in the game you know like i i'm prepping for my workout i'm prepping for my cardio session I'm prepping to go to bed because I need those eight hours, you know? <laughs> so how do you, how do you deal with, um, this is my, this is like, a, I'm really curious about this. I, um, uh, because even though I'm not a bodybuilder, clearly, um, I take super good care of myself. My nutrition is on point. My training is on point. My bedtime is strict. And I've built a a circle around me of people who understand that that's who I am and they respect my choices. But when you're 20 years old and your sport is bodybuilding, you know, people have a tendency to, to really lump you into a category of this guy's just conceited. He just wants to look good. He just wants to be big. He's always posing in the mirror. He's looking at himself. And c- can you talk to me a little bit about how you deal with that side or the, the, the general... I, listen, I'm not lumping all the public into one pile here. I'm just saying there is a general public opinion that that's what you are. I'll be completely honest with you, Sean. And it, th- that's definitely a public opinion, but I, I never really felt that. I don't know if I'm like just blind or whatnot. I feel like people get it. The hardest part for me, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I live in my own world or something, you know? I never felt judged that much. I'm sure, I know I hear people say things and this and that. I couldn't really care less, to be honest, you know? The hardest thing for me is the social aspect in the sense where, you know, I never want to make someone feel disrespected. Like when I first, I, I when I was, when I first had gotten into a relationship, you know, that was something I, I'd always said. When you, when you first meet somebody's family and stuff like that, a huge part of connection and interaction is food, drinking, laughing, wine. My first impression, my first impression was, 
look at this kid pull up with his Tupperware to her grandmother's house. That was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, it's a hostile vibe, you know, because I know as, as if I was in the outside, it'd be like, yo, who does this kid think he is? He's pulling up with his Tupperware like he doesn't want to eat our food, you know? You know, that's why socially you give, um, you don't, I, you don't, I don't want to give off that vibe, but it's kind of maybe a snobby, like what, what you, you don't, you don't want to eat our food. Dude, you know? But that, that I'm really glad you brought that up because that is a thing with even people who are trying to, um, we're both personal trainers. So we, we know we have some clients who are trying to shed some weight, say, and their biggest, they get a lot of anxiety around uh, family events because they know that they're going to be asked, hey, why aren't you eating the bread? Or why aren't you eating the pasta? And they, it creates a tremendous amount of anxiety for people. Um, so maybe you can give some advice to some people listening who are not necessarily, bodybuilders are all out there saying, yeah, Luca, I feel the same. I don't give a shit. Well, there are people, what they think about me and my posing in the mirror, they don't care and i hats off man i so respect that because it comes back to your vision and your goal when you know what you want and you're focused on it you don't care what other people think you'll receive advice but judgments are off the table and that's why i think you say no i don't feel it <laughs> you don't you know why you don't feel it because you don't care you're like absolutely not like i really don't <laughs> yeah yeah i respect that man and and so now, people who are going to these events, man, and they, they want, they want, dude, I do. Like, I, I you know what, I, I, big shout out to my family out there, like uh, even my extended family, my brother-in-law, he, he's, he, he knows I'm coming, he cooks fish, even though everybody else is eating meat. And they, they, you know, people take care of me. They understand my goals and they understand how important they are to me because they never see me fall off base. I mean, I'll cheat once in a while on something, but um, they, I, I think it's in the point that if you show people you are serious about your goals, they want to support you. But if they see you flip-flopping, maybe they're like, well, come on, just have the yeah, break. Like, like, be real with yourself, man. We know you're going to be cheating. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, we, we know you're going to, like, that's the vibe. You People read your energy. They read your vibe when you're serious about something. And I don't give off one one piece of energy that I'm not, that I'm, I'm not serious about what I'm doing. Like I'll get insulted. If somebody, if somebody says, what you think a bite of that will do something? I'm mad. I'm mad. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, who do you think you are? You know? <laughs> yeah. But my advice back to you, like what your question said is, and I say this to all my clients as well. I said, mark my words, man. First they ask why, then they ask how. That's oh, first they ask why, and then they ask how. And that's the truth, man. I have this, I'm experiencing that. This is one, uh, one of my clients right now, uh, Robert Harrington. Shout out to you, brother. I love you. Say that uh, name again. Robert Harrington. Okay. So he just lost 18 pounds in his first month working together. You know, at first he, he started pulling up to work, you know, with his chicken and stuff. And the other guys are like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? I said, oh, mark my words. They're going to see you lose a bit. Then they're going to start copying you, man. Then they're going to start asking you, yo, you mind sending me a copy of your meal plan, man? <laughs> What's the trick? You know, like... <laughs> And the free I, advice right and, and after free. and then the same then the same thing then they i start posting like comp pics and be like yo you're so lucky man you're so this 
are you talking about? Didn't you just see me dying every morning at five on the cardio? Like, yeah. did you see me eating asparagus for like 20 weeks? <laughs> what were you doing the other day? You, I, you never said what you did on your fast and cardio. Did you finally do 60 or 90 minutes? What was it? <laughs> I did over 90, man. I, I wasn't playing. I was going to make a story about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep it low key this time around. But I went over 90 that day. <laughs> wow, man. Oh, listen. So the, I think I just want to break that down for a second because it's so valuable. You write your goals down. Man, that's like that's on your chalkboard, visible. You're you you surround yourself with like-minded people who are just into the same not the same goals, but the same you know self-care and and just training. Um, you your vision for your goal is so clear that the opinions of others don't invade your space. I think that that's super cool. Now. You talked about, you know, re- the, the family gatherings, the relationships. And I just wanted to come back to my one question, which was if there are people who are trying to lose weight like your buddy just pulled off, what can you tell them about those family events and how should they proceed, man? How do, how do they get past the, the, that sort of apprehension to look different and not participate Absolutely. The, the best thing I could say towards that is make it greater than yourself. Don't make, make it, make the goal really clear and make it really deep and make it about like, put it on somebody else's head. So I still remember my first show, for example, my first show, I went from, I was like a 17, 18 year old kid. Okay. I was a gym rat, a gym rat in the sense where I was working at the gym was, was (laughs) yeah, still am. But you know, when you're, when you're weighing your meals and you're, everything is calculated you're more of an athlete, you know, now I could say, you know, I'm living an athlete's life. Back then I was eating like four protein cookies a day, four scoops of protein a day, eating McDonald's at night. Cause I wanted extra gains. You know what I, that's a gym rat. <laughs> so I was living that lifestyle. There was no 17, 18 year old kids who were like had muscle like that, but my body fat was like 21%, which is way too high. In my opinion, you should definitely be within 15 or a bit lower. So I decided, you know what? I might have a, bit, have a bit of potential in this, you know, let's see what happens. So, you know, you have the, you always have those people. I don't have a lot of doubters. I don't feel like I do, but there was one particular person who felt like I was going to drop out of the show. So I was working a $10 an hour job and I decided we made a $2,500 bet that I was going to finish top three at my first show. And I didn't even pick out my coach yet. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, wow. I was like, okay, like maybe I have $2,500, but like, I can't afford it to lose this bet right now. <laughs> so then I was like, okay. And I just had gotten, I just met my girlfriend at the time. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into, you know? So I was like, okay, one, I can't lose this $2,500. Two, I can't bitch out of this prep because she's going to think I'm not a man of my word because I'm like, I'm going to do this show and I'm going to win it, you know? But that's another point. You're putting a lot on the line, right? Sometimes I, you got to put a lot on the line to really... Yeah. And that's exactly it. And that's a back to what I said. I said, I made it way deeper than myself. You know, I remember I went like eight to 10 weeks, like almost no carbs just at the end, just to get in shape for that show. And I took my parents left to Italy. They unfortunately, they weren't able to make it to that show, but my parents were in Italy and I like, I felt abandoned just because I was like in a little mental depression my last week. And I just, I was taking a piss and I cried for no reason. And I I laugh about it now. You know what I mean? But I was just so depleted and tired and exhausted. I remember that feeling where I was just hopeless. I was just, I put it all on the line. 
I, I wanted to quit so bad. You know, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with the process, but I was done. <laughs> okay, so hold on a second. What that's important now because you know all the all the glory happens after that, right? When yes. we're depleted and we want to give up, usually it's after that. Yeah. The phoenix rises, right? That's yes. where you're you got to go to the dark place. You know, it's in in every every Pixar film or anything. You got to go to the darkness the toughest place. And from there we learn our lessons and we emerge a better version of our previous self. Absolutely. So how do you uh, not quit Luca? Well, for me, I was on cloud nine. Okay. I had finished second and third in that show, which I was definitely not happy with the placings, but I was still ecstatic by the results. Okay. Not by the results, but that I had completed my goal and I, I knew I'd given everything to it. It was my first show. I never cheated. There's mistakes because I was new to the experience, but I never cheated, like zero. And to this day, I could say that not one gram and people still think I'm crazy. Like when I tell you how extreme I take these preps and people don't believe me when I say this part too, I don't let myself watch horror movies or thrillers, especially on my last prep, just because I don't like putting my stress on my mind or my body. I don't, Interesting. No, that and that's, sense. yeah, I don't like putting myself in uncomfortable situations I, i'm not going to say all the time like oh if, if someone wants to go watch a horror movie I'm gonna say, no 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 you know but especially my last show where i isolated myself maybe to a very extreme nothing if somebody had a bad energy around me i was out of the room if somebody if there was something on the tv a tv show that i didn't like what was going on the situation i was out of the house like i my mental and my physical state i was taking care of it because i didn't know how else to react with everything else going around around me yeah. you know yeah. You know what I, I think is very, I, and I might say unique, for sure, there's a lot of great people doing very similar things. However, I just want to recognize in you that I think uh, a big reason that you, you don't feel any um, apprehension towards like going after these big goals and isolating yourself and maybe showing up with your Tupperware at family events. You know why? Because you bring a lot of charm and caring to the table like and i think that if we're nasty and we're not you know we're we're not giving our best selves to other people and we want to act so different people aren't going to support that but when you're kind and caring and you're not asking anything of anybody else you're just showing up and kind of expecting people to let you be you um and i think that's a very important point luca because i think that to, for us to do great things we can't do it by ourselves and we need the support group around us and you can't have a support group if you're not kind and friendly and caring oh like i'm happy you brought that up sean you know and those are really nice words you know but i i, I like to get into it a bit too man but I was nowhere near perfect in that sense. In this prep, especially, not. man, like it got real sloppy for me. You know, like I said a lot of things to certain people and that I can't take back. That's for sure. You know, you're in this mental state sometimes. You're, you take this so seriously and you take everything so much to heart because you put everything into your goal. You know, sometimes it gets sloppy. And when sometimes people have feelings and people have, you know, everybody is an individual at their own and, and you're so caught up in yourself and you take everything personal. So let's say you're having an issue with someone else and like, like it's unfortunate, but I, I saw myself, I was in a relationship for two years and, and we're not together anymore. 
you know, I wish you all the best type of thing. It, it's unfortunate that it ended, but I, it's, it's partially my fault as well too, you know, because I was so caught up, you know, and in a selfish, it's, it's a very selfish sport. It is the most selfish thing you could do. Going into a contest prep is a very selfish thing. You know, I, I feel like I, I just want to say though, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but any big goals require us to get into a mental space where, you know, it can, it can look pretty selfish, but if you want to rise to the top of a, you know, of the, of the, the, the pool, man, like, I, I think you've got to make some choices that could look selfish. And, um, I think that's why we need to re I guess being around people who have similar goals can kind of understand that, Hey man, he's in a zone. He's after this goal. And if the relationships don't work out, it's probably because there, there wasn't that synergy together. You know, and it, it was a, it was a mixture of a bunch of things, Sean. Honestly, it was, it wasn't just that because there was, there was me just taking my prep seriously. But when I was talking about life throwing curveballs, man, throughout this prep, um, I'll tell you a bit about a bit what went on on a, in my life too. You know, there was my sister just got diagnosed with a disease as well. It's a very long name. I don't want to butcher it, you know, so yeah, I'm not going to no. say the name, but it's a spinal and brain disease as well, where there's no cure, you know, for this. So that was very tough on my family as well. My, my grandmother got diagnosed with cancer. Um, you know, I had gotten a respiratory infection three weeks out, shin splints two weeks out, you know, but the hardest part through, I, there was the breakup, but the hardest part <laughs> through all of this was just like, just seeing my mom, man. My mom was the one who had to, like, you know, she had to take, she had to see my, me, not only support me going, like chasing my goals, but her, her grandmother died. You know, her mother got cancer. Her aunt died and that happened all within a couple of weeks, you know? Yeah. Then she, she sees me going through a breakup while already mentally in another world trying to chase my goals. So just seeing my mom, like, She's like, wow, that's a, it's a stress in her life, you know? And that's when I just started feeling guilty. I started, it was the first time I felt, I started feeling selfish and guilty for chasing my, my dreams. And I was like, I, I felt helpless a bit. And that's when I started getting a little nasty. I started getting a little nasty and saying a little, getting a little salty to life, you know, you know, and, and I'm proud of myself because I never slipped off the pedal once and I got everything done and I'm super proud of the outcome, but I know going into it, I definitely got to be. It's got to be a smoother run, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, you're just like lit me up. I, I think that I I did a post on my Instagram stories today where I was just talking about, um, I was just doing a little promo for a Fork podcast. And and I said that is it doesn't, don't get too caught up in which fork in the road you take. As long as you're developing the person on the journey, you'll end up in the right place. And I think you... You went to the show. You stuck with your goal. So I think your initial, the the importance of attaining that goal was there. But then after we attain a goal, we step back and then we evaluate and we say, how would I do this differently next time? I think that's just normal, Luca. I think that um, we make mistakes on our journey towards our goals as we attain certain pieces of them we as long as the the person on the journey is learning on the way they'll find their self on that that's that whole paulo coelho thing you know the you're alchemist absolutely right though honestly you're absolutely right about that that's for sure you know like I, I was thinking about the my last few weeks of prep you know still focused in but i was already thinking i was like 
everybody's like, you know what? You just got to take time to yourself after this. You know, you've been through a lot. You got to take time to yourself. You know, that must be so hard on you. I was like, hell no. I got to do something from someone else. I've been selfish as hell, man. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I could repay the universe or somehow, you know, and, and through all these hard times, I didn't know. I like, I, I went through a panic mode and I just, I just tried. And that's when the bands kind of started to come up because that was my, through gratitude. I just, that's kind of what got me through the last couple of weeks. Like I was in, a, started getting to a little darker place. And then after I started seeing these people wearing my bands, you know, I was like, everybody in the gym had a band. Yeah. Everybody on Instagram is posting my bands. And I was like, bands are yes. on, man. And I was like, I remember in the morning, I'm dragging ass on that freaking Stairmaster on that bike. And after someone would be like, they just come up and be like, yo, I just got a band, man. Keep it up. Man. Keep it up. I've been seeing you put in that work. Just keep doing your thing, you know? And I, I legit just felt like a burst of energy. And I was like, this is greater than me right now. It wasn't really, but I was like, this is greater than me right it's, now. <laughs> dude, I think there's a, um, people overlook the importance of the win the day, the small daily wins. And there's just these small things that happen that really just fuel your energy. I, and I think back to Paulo Coelho, the alchemist, when you're on your life's true path, Life gives you all the indicators that you're going in the right direction. You see all the things that confirm that you're doing the right thing. Hey, dude, keep it up. I got a band. Those are, that's because maybe you're also changing your mindset in a different way. Absolutely. And and it's even like, I'm still running on a high from the show because of like, I was feeling, I, I never felt sorry for myself, but I was just like, man like when i said life detox it was a life detox you know yeah, what i mean yeah but then after there was all these opportunities that been just coming through the woodworks since the show you know like i've been getting three like sponsorships coming out people shouting out these messages of of encouragement and people saying like how i've been like uh the impact i've had on them like and i had no idea like i had no people clue. are always watching right yeah i had no clue like i was so caught up doing my thing like I didn't know the effect and now it's that it's hitting me. I just like, I just keep want to keep giving more and I don't know how, you know, and I'm just yeah. like, and I'm loving it. <laughs> oh man. So listen, Luca, I got one final question for you. Um, it's just about your bliss. You know, I want to ask you what's your, you're 20 years old. Wow. You're very goal oriented. I'm sure you think about, I'm sure you think far down the line from time to time. And how do you see your, best life your best self what are you doing that's a million dollar question man that's definitely a tough question to answer you know but there, there's a like there's a saying that i've been saying for the last few years you know and it was always living la vida luca you know it's like just li- living your best life and, and down the line there's one thing that i i've got to do before you know before i think to the next step and i've always said it you know when even when you're talking to people they're like what do you want out of life and it's i just got to make something of myself before i could think of it before I'm a father, before I'm a husband, before I'm anything, I got to be, I got to accomplish, I got to be fulfilled because I, that's how I know I could give back to the world. That's how I know I could give back to my family and be the best version because I know if I can't do what I have to do right now, I'll never be able to do it in the future. And I'll, I'll, I'll I hate those people, those the sitting in the bar, they're sitting by the campfire and I could have, I could have been that guy. I could have been that, you know, in high school, like I was going through the show, you know, like never. I hate that. I'll never, you know. I think it's safe to say you're not going to be that guy. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. You know, I definitely not. I won't. But I'm just like, that's what's important. And 
even when I'm talking about giving back, it's going down and giving like a, a little a toonie to somebody, you know? Yeah, it's a nice gesture. You might have made someone's day right there, you know? But to me, I, I want it. I got to do something bigger than that. I get that the gesture is good, but I got to, I don't know how I'm going to do, you know, but I, the, but I know my first step is I just got to develop myself to be better for the future, you know? Luca, I would say that is just the most awesome answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming here today, Luca. I looked so forward to this. And uh, I just, do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Honestly, I was looking forward to this so much. And I'm so pumped to have this opportunity. Uh, definitely, if anybody on Instagram, just Luca Santalucia, Facebook as well, you know, Pr uh, Prestige Fitness, that's where I train, that's where I work. Shout out to Prestige. Shout out to the fam, you know, that's my home, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Since yeah. Since I'm 14, man, never left, won't ever leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all going to be in the show notes, guys. So, um, Luca, you have an awesome day, and to everybody out there, thank you for tuning in to Fork Podcast, and have an awesome day.